0: you're listening to the bride chilla podcast helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit one podcast at a time with your host alicia mccormack
1: oh hey Oh, hey, thanks for joining me. It is Alicia. I am Alicia. It is Alicia, the founder of Bride Chiller, host of this here show, and uh, lover of all things wedding. Well, not all things, actually. There's lots of things about the wedding industry that really shit me off, but lover of helping you plan your wedding, minus the bullshit, minus the stress, minus the silliness that is often associated with wedding planning, which is silly because I've said silly twice. That's a real shame. I was on a good thing, which is silly three times because it should be fun and enjoyable. You're planning a love party. It doesn't have to be something that makes you want to explode. This is a Q&A episode where you leave me voice messages and I attempt to provide some sort of solace, an answer, an explanation, something to help you feel better. Maybe it's just a second or third opinion and you might disregard it altogether. You might go, yes, this is the solution. Thank you, Alicia. You're the best. Maybe. I'm not putting words into your mouth. Anyway, sometimes it's good to talk to a third party for them to listen to the pros and cons and go, oh, well, this is, feels obvious to me. So that's it. <sighs> Thank you for listening. Felt good just to get that off my chest. Today's episode, I will be featuring four or five, depending on how quickly I talk. Featuring is not a real word, by the way. I wasn't going to acknowledge that, but today I'll be featuring lots of terrible accents and also your questions. So let's not dilly-dather. Let's get on with it. First one up.
2: Hi, Alicia. This is Nina. I'm from Connecticut in the US and my fiance and I are getting married just over a year out in November of 2020. I am, I guess, calling in to ask you a question about videography. Um, So our decision making process was basically centered around wanting to have kind of a home movie of our wedding. Um, We didn't really need anything fancy or we didn't need a cinematographer to take our wedding video. We just wanted something that we could look back on and see all of our guests and all the people who celebrate with us. Um, And I'm really inspired by uh, my family has this really beloved video of my grandparents 50th wedding anniversary, which was a surprise party in their backyard with my whole extended family and all of our loved ones. And half of the people who are there are no longer with us. So looking back on that video is just so special to me. Um, and we want our wedding video to sort of serve the same purpose and connect us to our people um, in the future. So we decided to go with this service called Wedit, where basically they you rent 5 cameras from them and send them back after your wedding and they send you all the raw footage um and we are so excited to do that but our question to you is sort of how to handle who's taking the videos so we could either leave them on the tables like select 5 tables throughout our reception and leave them on the tables but i'm worried that people won't feel inclined to use them if they're just sitting there Or we could designate five people to take videos throughout the night. Um, But I'm worried about how to ask people, how to select those people. We don't have any friends that are into videography. So it's not like a quick, like, oh, John could take it because this is what he likes to do. Um, So we'd love to get your input. We love your podcast. So thank you so much for doing what you do and helping us handle our wed stress and um, helping us make our wedding as special as it's going to be. Thanks, Alicia.
1: Nina, thank you. And thank you for your kind words about the show. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it and it's helping you make these important decisions. And videography for me is really important, especially when you place the values upon it that you have. And a lot of people go through the vendor checklist and go, we need a photographer, we need this, we need this, blah, blah, blah. And I think sometimes they don't think about why they're hiring people. And this might feel a bit wishy-washy, but again, stay with me. Wedding videography, personally, falls into two categories. Here's a little side note, quickly. I work in my day job. I'm a TV producer. I've worked in the TV industry for over 15 years, longer probably. And I really value good quality video. And I think that it is underestimated. Looking at the industry, there are lots of qualified people, but also it's the idea of the output, what you want to get from it. And what Nina has described is perfect. She knows exactly what she wants. Something that's homely, something that feels authentic. It's not like a fucking edited together, like a tight you know, trailer. You do see these amazing videos, wedding videos that do feel like a movie trailer, and some people really love that. I'm um, certainly not saying don't follow that path if that's what you know makes you feel happy. But also, those productions, and that's what they are, feature a lot of setups. You see brides and grooms, grooms and grooms, brides and brides being directed a little bit with these videographers because they know what they want to get, they know the output, they know what they want to achieve to make this stylistic thing happen, and what. Nina is talking about is really getting those moments off the cuff in the night, and I agree with you, Nina. Weddit is someone, uh, is a company I'd worked with years ago, and I'm so glad they're still around. And I just had another Google; their website's great, as you said. You can hire the cameras. They also help with editing. And my big point to you was in answering two questions here. Think about what you want to achieve in the end and how you're going to achieve it by giving the cameras to people that are good at asking questions. Maybe you've got an uncle or a cousin or someone that's personable and that won't be afraid to go around and and actually communicate with people. Maybe it's a millennial cousin who fucking selfies the shit out of everything and who's TikToking and whatever the bloody hell's trendy this month, who's into it, not just doing selfies, though. We don't just want the cousin going, hey, here's a dance I'm doing. You want someone that's capable of going around and working the room. What you don't want is someone that's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then they put the camera down and they fucking forget about it. And then you go and pick it up at the end of the night or the next day. And you're like, oh, Sharon's only done two and a half minutes. Fuck you, Sharon. You had one job. So I think it's choosing people who respect the task, who don't think it's going to be a big job, and maybe it's talking to 10 people, and this might require a little bit more organization, uh, and getting them to pass the camera around. Here's how you do that. You find one responsible party who doesn't have a job yet to do with your wedding, and you say, listen, Cousin Greg from Succession, Cousin Greg, you mean the world to me, and I'm going to give you this job. Cousin Greg is then going to figure out a way to manage that task. And we don't want to make it boring for Cousin Greg because he's a cool guy and he'll probably run the family one day. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch HBO's Succession. It's amazing and I think about it too much. But someone must have thought Alicia's on drugs. She's doing a lot of side talk today. I'm not, I've had two coffees. So what I would say is find a responsible party to manage them. You don't want to be doing this on the day and you don't want to have to be thinking about this on the day, but you want to have reliable people. So I would pick however many, five, ten people that can then go on a little bit of a schedule, a sketch, and pass the cameras around and really tell them what you're wanting to achieve. Maybe it's showing them a little bit of that video from your grandparents' anniversary, which sounds amazing, and saying, listen, we just want to do some... What we call talking heads in TV, we want to do some interviews. Um, you might have one camera. Here's one thing to do: is set a camera up like a photo booth, and have someone either manning it or some really fun, clear instructions attached to it or near it, and say, "Sit down and tell us a little bit about how you know us, or tell us about what you think we're going to be doing in five years' time." Give them fun prompts to answer back, and that could work. And then you could have someone else roaming around. I do think it would be really nice if you do some couple cam and pick it up. I'm thinking very TV producery here. But – take the camera and do some roaming as well, because people will talk to you. And this could be a fun little moment, a really memorable moment for you. It doesn't mean you have to do it all night, but make sure you grab the camera and you do a bit of a selfie and you do some pieces to camera, PTCs, um, and really take advantage. The other point I made earlier, which I will loop back on my own thought process, is editing. So many people have the best intentions to put these pieces together. And I know there are lots of very clever apps now uh, that we used Appy Couple at our wedding, where you can send the app out and you can say to everyone, download this app, and then you are all connected. And then any photograph or video that they want to share with you from the day, they can upload to a cloud and then you have access to it, which I think is excellent. And I think everyone should consider doing it because so often you see great tagged photos on social media of your event. And you're like, oh man, that's a good photo. I really want that. I'll I'll chase my friend for it. And then it never happens. So if you can use an app as well to gather those photos, it could also be really nice to later on and video edit in moments that have been captured on iPhones and Androids that are really good quality, probably just similar to the ones that you're hiring now uh, from Wedit, and then also edit that in. Now I know I have no physical association with Wedit at all, but I know they offer an editing package for three or 400 bucks, which to me is a bit of a bargain, especially knowing how much TV editors and my friends charge. So I would be proactive in saying, let's invest this money and hire someone either through that service or find someone online, plenty of wedding boards, but just make sure you watch their stuff. And it's not just someone on iMovie whacking stuff together, but you find someone that can really put that together and make it sing as you want it to be, because it's easy to gather the the content. It's easy to get it all together in one place. But then to edit it, to have that feel and tone, that takes time. And it also takes someone like me that can see a story and can put it together and a bit of a narrative. Don't underestimate the skill set of an editor and a producer or someone that can see the vision and share your vision and put it together. That was a little ranty and ravey, but I really believe in it. And it's been my career for so long that I want people to realize that In order to get the output and whether it is that film trailer, big budget looking thing or if it's something that's a bit off the cuff and fun, it does require skills to put it together. So don't underestimate the editing. Nina, thank you. Take a breath, Alicia.
0: Hi, Alicia. My name is Amy, and I'm calling from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the US. And I just want to start by saying I'm so glad I found this podcast because the last few weeks have been so enjoyable as I've started to look back and listen to all the old episodes. You've really made my commute a lot more pleasant. So thank you for that. I'm calling because back in April, when my fiance and I got engaged, one of the first big conversations we had was about whether or not we wanted to invite children to our wedding and our wedding reception. And I was concerned because I have a large family with some kids and then his family is even larger with a pretty hefty amount of kids. And we had both been to weddings in the past where there were a lot of kids and they tend to just sort of dominate the day. They can kind of steal the dance floor and steal the focus off of the bride and groom. And so we were a little hesitant about inviting them because that was something we were concerned about. Um, we spoke to, uh, his parents. My parents were totally fine with the idea, but we weren't sure how his parents would feel. And I'll preface this by saying that I'm very, very close to my future mother-in-law. My fiance and I've been together for 10 years, uh, since we were in high school. And so she's always kind of been like a second mom to me. So we've gotten along really well and we're really close, but she was really adamant about inviting the children. She didn't want to exclude anyone from the family. Family is the most important thing to her. And so she put her foot down a little bit and insisted that we invite the kids. And I totally respect that because my fiancé's parents are paying a pretty significant amount of money contributing to the wedding in addition to what my parents and me and my fiancé are paying. So I definitely want to respect their wishes. So we did decide to invite the children. So I guess my question now is, what's the best way to handle them at the wedding reception? I've seen it done a couple of ways. I've seen the children all sat at one big table with coloring books and activities to keep them entertained. My concern with that is that if they're across the reception hall from where their parents are sitting, there's no one really to look after them and keep them in line. So I'm kind of leaning towards maybe seating them with their parents so that each child is their parents' responsibility. But I also don't know if that's a bad idea too because there's, you know, nothing at the adult tables to keep them entertained. We'll have some infants that are around one year old at the time of the wedding and we'll have toddlers. Five and six year olds, nine year olds, you know, preteens, all the way up through high school. So there's a large range of young adults and kids here. So I'm not really sure what you think the best way to handle that is. If you have any advice at all, I'd love to hear it. Thanks so much
1: and happy days. Amy, love a commute listener. Thank you and welcome. Look, kids at weddings, I'm glad you've come to that conclusion. Kids at weddings is a contentious issue. A lot of people have very strong opinions either way. I think you found a compromise. And, you know, sometimes I say with in-laws and parents, if they feel strongly about something, especially if they've got coin in the game, if they're wedding donors, as I like to call them, if they are contributing funds to your wedding, or if you just really, as you said, really like them and respect their opinion, and sometimes the fight is not worth having, that you make the decision that is easy for all. Looking at kids... I think you need to think about the comfort of other guests as well as the children. And separating kids from their parents and letting them go feral on a kids' table can be great, but they are going to need some sort of parental responsibility. Now, no parent, well, no responsible parent is just going to put them on the kids' table and fuck off and not check on them. And if they do, well, it probably won't be your problem on the day. But hopefully, they look after their kids If you are choosing to separate them and put them on the kids' table, I think it can be really fun to have activities, colouring books. As you said, there are lots of things that can divert their attention. They're hanging out with their fellow kids, they're bonding, they're doing whatever kids do, and that can be good. And maybe it's about parents who own those children, who have made those children, who are responsible for those children, doing a bit of a tag team of them saying, OK, I'm going to go sit with the kids' table. Or Maybe it's about you seating the parents of those children, of said kids in the vicinity so they can keep a gentle eye over them, but also um not feel like they have to be you know being vultures and lurching over them the whole time, because kids are fine. They're fine, they're in a room of adults, they're going to be okay. I would go for that option over sitting kids at adult tables because I think there's a lot more work to do personally. I'm not a parent. This is just what I think as a guest who's watched this happen. If they're on their own with the adults, less fun, probably less attention then given with the adults that are then trying to entertain the kids. Whereas if they're with their crew, the core kid crew, maybe you can separate that a little bit and have kids zone and adult zone. Also, depending on your venue, there might be a place to have a room where they can go feral and run around that's not the main area. I know a lot of hotels, if they have um, separate conference areas or whatever, are usually happy to say, we're not using this room tonight. You can chuck a couple of board games in it or somewhere just for the kids to run off some steam. And then also, if there's a dance floor later in the night, that's a great way for kids to run out some energy. I think you can definitely uh, find solutions And to be honest, I hope a lot of adults say, no, we're going to get a babysitter and the kids can stay at home. I know you want it to be inclusive and family oriented, but I also think weddings are great for adults to get together and hang out. And a lot of parents see it as a really great night off. So maybe that will happen as well. Who knows? Thank you for asking for my opinion. I hope it was correct, or if at least not entertaining. A short break I shall take. Ooh, that was very uh, ooh, a bit on myself about that. There'll be more of Bride Chiller Q and A after this. If you are a new Bride Chiller or Groom Chiller listener, welcome. It's always great to meet new people. Here's three steps to being more chiller. One, buy my shit. <laughs> And why am I laughing at myself? That's so aggressive. Uh, No, I have three wedding planning guides. Let me just break it down very simply. The Bride Chiller Survival Guide, which is our how-to planner. That's a long-form reading book. It's just how to go through the whole wedding planning process. I've also got the Bride Chiller Field Guide. It is our planner and organiser. It's the one you write in. You take it to vendor appointments. There's lots of questions to ask vendors, timetables, checklists, all that stuff. And we've also got the Maid Chiller Manual it's my bridesmaid guide. So if you're in the process of asking people to be in your bridal party, then gift them one of these books and get them in the Maid Chiller mindset. It's like Bride Chiller for Bridesmaids. It's called Maid Chiller pretty easy. That's step one. Step two, join the Bride Chiller Facebook community. It's called the Bride Chiller Community. It's an asshole free zone. It's relatively small. It is a place where you can ask questions without feeling like a fucking idiot because some of those wedding forums are nasty, dirty places and you realize quickly, oh, people aren't very nice. Well, we really try and keep it nice. We made it nice. That's a Real Housewives of New York reference there, Dorinda Medley. Love your guts. And uh, Step number three is listen to this show. This is episode 410. It doesn't mean that you have to go back and listen to every episode. Pick and choose what topic suit whatever stage of wedding planning you're at and have a binge. Take some time off relax and don't feel like wedding planning needs to become the entire purpose of your life. Just ease into it. Make sure you have plenty of time for being you and being with your partner and not talking about it to friends and enjoy the process by not feeling overwhelmed and not feeling completely consumed by it. They are my tips. There are my tips. Okay, some more questions. Hi, Alicia. Uh, My name is Liz calling from the
3: States Uh, I just listened to your most recent Q&A episode, 398, um, and I wanted to call in to thank you. Uh, You were responding to a question from a Chilla who was having some problems with a makeup artist, somebody she knew, and there was like a plus one involved, and she was just feeling like she didn't want to have any confrontation, but she wasn't sure how she should respond, and your advice was that she should she should consider asserting herself um, if she was uncomfortable with the situation um, because she deserves to do that. And then you had said to to everyone, not just to her, that, you know, we should all feel like it's okay to assert ourselves in our lives. Your example was like with a waiter and like a meal that you didn't like instead of grinning and bearing it, you say, you know, actually, this isn't working for me. Um, And I just, I wanted to say thank you because I think I needed to hear that today. Um, My fiance and I are considering getting a puppy and he's really gung-ho about it, um, and I'm less so, and there's just been all of these things piling up. We have long commutes, and we work long hours, and our landlord doesn't like the idea of a dog being trained in the house and all of this stuff, and, and he's willing to sort of give up all of these sort of components of the process because he really wants a dog, but I've been feeling really uncomfortable um, about it, and I haven't said anything because he wants it so bad, and I realize you were saying, you know, it's okay to assert yourself if you're feeling uncomfortable. And that's why I think I, I think I have to do that tonight. I have to talk to him about it. And it was just really helpful to hear you say that. Um, so I just wanted to call and thank you. I realize this isn't necessarily wedding um, related, although it is about my fiance and I. Um, our wedding's going, wedding planning is going really well. Um, no hiccups there. Uh, love listening to your podcast. Uh, love you. Thanks for all you do.
1: Liz, I'm really grateful that you called with that feedback because it's something I really believe in and it's something that's taken me. I'm 38 years old now. Don't sound it, do I? Gross. It's taken me a lot to get to this stage of really being able to step up, find my voice and also not feel bad about speaking out if I'm not satisfied or comfortable with something and not feeling like I'm offending someone or being rude because you've got to say it. As Liz said, there's a way I talk about saying things in a nice but assertive way that gets the message across, but then the other person's not going, fucking hell, she's an asshole. We don't want that, but we want to feel comfortable in just going, look, no, that's not going to work for me. Favourite saying, favourite saying. So go back and listen to episode 398 if you are questioning the confidence that it might take to send a plate back at a restaurant or say to a hairdresser, that wasn't what I was expecting. Maybe we could work with this a little bit more. That's really hard to do in a hairdressing salon. However, when it comes to wedding planning, you're going to get a lot of opinions. You're going to get a lot of thoughts and feelings coming at you. And like Liz said, If you think on it, take a moment, whether it's about getting a puppy, maybe not a good stage of your life to be doing that, Liz. Maybe it's about saying to your partner, I really want to do this, but it's not going to be good for us at the moment. Let's think about it. Let's pause. And when you've had a momo to think about something and you're not just being reactionary as well, and you can be calm and communicate, you will get the results So it is about stepping up, and I think especially as women, we are a lot of the time encouraged to not speak out as much and if you do speak out you are being mouthy or you are overly confident and cocky and people are just shits to you and you do that I think we're evolving past that now and I think lately there's been a lot more about women speaking up certainly in modern times we're seeing a lot more about that whereas with guys it's just been quite the norm for a man to say that's not that's not happening I don't like that. And they're not judged in the way that women can be judged. So I just want to encourage you. I want to thank you, Liz. I'm so grateful that that thought process was effective for you. And if you need a little bit of a boost, go back and listen to episode 398. And I hope you connect with it. And I hope it gives you that energy you need. Or just a thought process of saying, okay, maybe this decision's not good for me. Or maybe that plate of food when the waiter came over. My example was that it was a crappy plate of food, but then you're like, it was great. When they're like, how was the meal? It was fantastic. And you're like, I can't eat it. It's inevitable, but I don't want to say anything. Whereas, you know, I said one thing to say is thank you for asking. I'm going to be honest. It didn't meet my expectations. Is there anything we can do about it? And you might get your money back or get a new plate of food because the chefs would be probably mortified that you hated their food. Liz, you're fabulous.
4: Hi, my name is Cassandria. I'm getting married November 1st of 2020. So I just started recently listening to your podcast. Um, It's definitely calming some of my anxieties. Um, So my question is, we decided that we are going to have a two-destination type of honeymoon. Um, First, we're going to Ireland for a week, and um, it was my suggestion to go back to Hungary, where my fiance is from, to see his grandparents, who are getting quite old. So I thought it would be nice to just spend a week there as well. Um, I know he wants to do a time at their house. Um, And I know that Ireland is giving us our time alone, but I'm just trying to figure out a way to make it more alone time with both of us in Hungary as well as seeing his family. So I was just wondering if you had any suggestions. Um, Again, I really love the podcast and thank you. Bye.
1: Cassandra, thank you for leaving that message, and it's so exciting that you're traveling to all of these significant places to you and your fiancé, and I think that's really nice. As you may have heard in episode 308 from memory, mm, yep, I've made a weird noise, mm, 308, I had um, the lovely Irina from Ali Travel back on to talk about honeymoon planning. She's a travel planner, and I found it really good talking to her as a really keen traveller, but also someone that sort of likes to plan a little bit, but I can also be a bit lax. We're pretty good at just buying a ticket and going for it, which I know horrifies a lot of people. We'll book accommodation, but we're not always as into planning certain activities and events. But the one thing that Irina said that I think is relevant to you is that it's good to plan activities and then days off. So looking at what you want to achieve with going back to the homeland and seeing significant places and meeting family members Uh, in the local area that's great but also plan some days away or some hotel accommodation that isn't near the family that you can go and experience heritage still perhaps his heritage but go and do a cooking class or maybe there's some sort of scenic boat tour or something that takes you away from people just going "Hey, should we have lunch or we'll go and take you on a tour of something and then you find that your time is and I want I don't want to say negatively being eaten up but time can escape. You really quickly, especially if you're in the hands of locals who are keen to show you around and enthusiastic to share as much of the family history as possible, which is great, but also you don't want to be them realizing on the last day of your holiday, oh man, we haven't done anything alone, please. So find a balance, listen to episode 408 if you haven't already, and then be able to look at the calendar and say, okay, for these two days, we're going to hang out with the family and we're going to go and look at where his grandmother was born or whatever. And then, not or whatever, but you know, find the significant places and then find other places that you can go, book some romantic accommodation and book some activities that are relevant or fun or just something you can do together and make sure that you separate the two and have that quality time. Because honeymoons are a special romantic time. And you want to value your time together as a couple. And people will totally understand that. They're not going to expect, and if they do, you need to use the thing I was just talking about, being a little bit more assertive in saying, we are really excited about coming to see you. We're going to see you these days. And then we've got some other activities planned some other days. So these are our availability moments. And the other moments are not. And just don't give them the option. That is where I finish today's episode. If you are keen to leave a voice message, if you've got something to say, if you've got feedback like Liz did, if you want to leave a message saying... I disagree, or here's something I've learned, or we did it this way, I'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. That's where you can find information on every episode I have ever recorded and more. There's lots of blog posts there. And if you're looking for a link that I've mentioned in the show generally, that's where you'll find it. Just go to thebridechiller.com. And then if you want to leave a voice message, you can go to the contact page and follow the prompts to either record it there, or you can just record it on your phone and email it to me. Love it either way. Love it. Love it sick. Thank you to everyone who shares the love of Bride Chiller with friends or family members, people on the street, randos. I don't care. If you know someone that's a bit stressed about wedding planning that needs a bit of extra guidance, then send them my way. I love hearing that someone else has referred their friends or passed on one of the Bride Chiller guides to their friends. I don't mind you re-gifting. That's lovely. If they're getting the vibes, I support it. But if you haven't bought a Bride Chiller guide, support local publishers, me, independent publishers, I, and grab one of those too. You can do that by visiting BrideChillerStore.com and be sure to join the Facebook group, The BrideChiller Community. It's actually just called Bride Chiller Community. God, misinformation. Thank you for listening and happy days.
0: The Bride Chiller Podcast, empowering you to kick wedding planning ass every day.